Hey everyone, welcome to the Higher Points Podcast. I'm Nick Sauer, sitting here in the studio with my buddy Nate Hyatt this time. I decided not to give him the evening off. I required his uh, presence or he wasn't going to get paid in order to be here. Yeah. Um, uh, I couldn't afford to lose that paycheck, let me tell you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Could not that, afford it. That whole zero dollars that you're going to be missing out on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, we're here uh, just doing a uh, To The Point if this is your first time joining the podcast, it's just our opportunity to talk for, you know, 30, 45 minutes. Sometimes it might stretch to an hour, but it just depends on what's going on, uh, what conversation we get into. And then it's just our opportunity to kind of talk about what's been bouncing around our minds, something we've learned and experience that we've had, you know, something like that, just to kind of give you some filler content in between the uh, the long interview pod type podcast that we have. Something short, sweet, to the point, you know, maybe you can listen to it while you're washing dishes, folding laundry, you know, something like that. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, hey Nate, thanks for being here today. Appreciate you being on. Yeah, I just got a busy schedule, man. Just had to <laughs> had to schedule it like three weeks ago. It just doesn't happen all the time. So. <laughs> yeah. you're, you're lucky to have me. <laughs> uh, uh, speaking of that paycheck, it's getting lower with every word you speak. <laughs> um, so I listened to uh, one of Andy's podcasts, and I asked Nate to listen to it. So I wanted to basically kind of get his thoughts on the podcast considering so so I have a business and so far it's doing well. Um I wouldn't necessarily maybe say it's successful based on the numbers because I definitely have more money kind of going out than in at the present moment which is kind of the way it goes. Mm-hmm. Um but you you have employees where you know I have a few like here and there contract employees whereas you have guys that you work with every day, come to work every day you know, unless they're sick or whatever. And so I just kind of wanted to pick your brain. So basically the, the basics of that podcast were, um, so like it was, it, it was the one that was, uh, dealing with useful idiots, talent, and then the, the skill and fixing company culture, right? That was mm-hmm. that one. Okay. So episode 587 of Andy's podcast, Q and AF. So the podcast question, the guy that asked the question basically said, I have a lawn mowing business. Uh, we're we're successful. We're the best priced. Like we we pay the best. We have the best benefits package. We have a thirty like a thirty or thirty two hour work week or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know we have the best of the best of the best of everything. And then people come on and they really aren't working hard. They really aren't trying. They really aren't doing their best. He said, "Are people that lazy or I'm missing something?" And Andy said, and I'll let you take it from here. You're missing something. And why was that? Because he's not building the culture that needs to be had. And they aren't they aren't having to work necessarily for all of those perks, right? Yeah. You know, and, and I think it was interesting because if you've built a company culture where you like you're giving everyone the world, which please understand as I sit here in this chair, I understand it's a dichotomy, right? Like you want to be the guy that has the best pay benefits package, blah, 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 blah. But there's more to it. Like there's the company culture. That's mm-hmm. like the most important piece of that whole equation. You know, everybody knows that one job that paid really well, but they decided to go to another job that paid a little bit less because it was like the, the boss and all that company, the culture was better. And so I think that was the point that Andy was making was, you know, you and not to mention you have these people they're coming in and they they're they're coming in and they're doing their thirty hours or thirty two hours or whatever and they're collecting their benefits. So if they come in and work thirty two hours and mow ten lawns, 
versus coming in 32 hours and mowing two lawns, they get the same amount of pay. Yep. So essentially kind of what incentive do they have to be better? Mm-hmm. You need to have something inside of your company culture that drives them. So like let's say they want to be those people that are – you know, they own a $500,000 house. Like that's their goal. That's their thing. They want to open a business, whatever. How can your company, how can your company build an umbrella? Yeah. yeah. Help build an umbrella. That's so big. That's so broad that like, is going to be like the company's going to grow and expand and do all this other kind of stuff so much that they can fit their goal underneath yours, yours. is kind of what Andy was saying. And of course he, he phrased it better than I did. So that's kind of where I was at of like, how do you feel? Because like me personally, from the outside looking in and and knowing that your guys, at least one of your guys I know listen to this podcast regularly, mm-hmm. like for me, I see that you're giving those guys the shortened work week, you're giving them like the good pay, you know, like you seem to be like giving them a lot. Like mm-hmm. how, how have you seen that? Like, I mean, right now you guys are pretty small, so you got a pretty good, you know, tight knit group. Yeah. But I could see you maybe having this issue in the future. Like, how, because I know that you love taking care of your people. So, like, you're going to want to hire everybody on and pay them the best that you can with the best benefits package you can. So, how do you, how do you feel in your own mind, your own brain, your own words? How do you handle that dichotomy if it comes to that point? Like, what, what are you going to do to maybe get that culture where it needs to be or, or combat that issue? I think, I mean, it starts like with a house. You start with a foundation. So, you got to build that foundation of culture to start and i think that comes through and andy talks about it but like me and and brandon like talking about our vision openly like what we want this to be you know like we're going to be the best luxury home builders in the state or in the midwest you know like we're going to grow this thing to a point where we can fit their dreams inside that you know you've got to be open and i think that's part of his problem was with his lawn care business is he got to a certain point and he got comfortable and he didn't want to grow anymore. And the rest, like his other employees are like, dang, like I can't, like I'm stuck. Like I'm only going to make $35 an hour, which I don't know if that's what yeah, they're making right. or not. You Just know? make it throwing a number out yeah. there. Like I'm only ever going to get to that. Like I'm not going to have a Lamborghini. Yeah. Making $35 an hour, that's never going to happen. So why am I going to stick around here when I can go chase my other dreams and possibly have that nice house and nice car, that kind of thing. And so I think, like, once you get to a certain point, a lot of people get comfortable. And that's, like, I, for me, like, I'm going to have to get to a point where, like, things are going to, like, it's it's uncomfortable being a business owner because like you're constantly having to evolve and change and grow and figuring out how to grow at a rate that's sustainable is difficult Uh, for sure because like we've got the potential to grow and do 10 houses a year like but we do not have the foundation poured that's strong enough to handle getting to that point yet yeah and and i think it's important that you illustrate that like for instance you're missing like the office manager piece of this and why yes. is that important that would be a very foundational piece yes. of, of your business maybe not everybody's mm-hmm. but yours so illustrate that point with that the i mean so what you're saying like where is that 
in the foundation. Yes, having that office assistant is a part of your foundation that you don't have in place right now. Yeah. Um, and why is that important? Just because, like, the organization that that is going to bring to our company. So, like, basically, you know, we've got the foundation set, but we don't. it's just concrete. We don't have any steel in the middle of it holding it together. Okay. You know? And I think that that's really going to help not necessarily hold the guys together. You know, that's going to help me and Brandon to where we can focus on the things that we're good at, whether that's like me leading and teaching and being on the ground versus doing administrative stuff or Brandon like selling and um, designing and that kind of thing on the back end. That way we can scale to a point that we need to get to. Well, it's like several podcasts back when you were talking about the difference between twenty, fifty, hundred, and thousand dollar decisions, mm-hmm. and you know that that admin assistant is going to help you with those twenty dollar decisions because you know that's about the area that you're paying them. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, you're going to be basically having them do the hey, send an invoice to Bob Smith, right? Yep. Like that's just one less thing that you have to do, but that invoicing is very important. Yeah. Otherwise, I'm not going to get paid. Managing you know? cash flow, invoicing, that kind of thing, telling. Slapping me on the wrist saying you're spending too much fucking money, <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah. like just keeping us in check and helping us stay organized. And I think it's vital to what we're going to do moving forward. Yeah. So that's just illustrating that point of the um, of the building, the foundation before you mm-hmm. move on. So I can comment to that directly is, you know, so I started my business initially with the idea of just SEO and lead gen. But then I thought to myself, like, well, my passion is also helping people with leadership and management and then, like, seeing small business grow, like, helping them to, like, how do you do the basics? Like, set up your LLC. How do you structure your taxes? I mean, like, small things. Like, obviously, like I said at dinner tonight, I have no business advising a Kroger-sized company on how to run their business. Mm -hmm. I just don't. But helping someone get their business off the ground, at least get paperwork started, you know, stuff like that. I can help consult on that. And that got really busy really fast of things. And I was just like, oh, my God. And I did not have the foundation set. You know, I had nothing in place for scheduling. I had nothing in the place as far as, like, what do these services cost? Um, I didn't have anything in place uh, with time management because I've already got so many things on my schedule. Like, where do I now fit that in? And so I took a major step back from that and just basically went to the SEO lead gen side. Mm-hmm. And if like something were to pop up, I might consider it. I might think about it. Um, but the rate you were going, you're going to be full-time doing oh, that stuff in like dude, six months. Dude, I was I, – I, I took my blood pressure the other day. So between some issues with my full-time job that I won't air here um, and the business and then the campaign. And being a dad. And being, yeah, dad and a husband. Um, I took my own blood pressure and it was 162 over 110. And I was like, whoa. <laughs> and I was feeling it too. Yeah. And ever since I made that conscious decision to kind of step back from that because I didn't have that foundation laid that you talked about, goodness gracious. Like I went to the doctor the other day and it was good. Yeah. Um, And so I was like, okay, obviously that was too much, too fast, too soon. And so, you know, you had the vision there to be like, okay, I can't do that. Whereas, like, I did it and then had to learn that the hard way. You know, thankfully, nothing fell through the cracks as far as, like, um, you know, like, I didn't have – I don't have work that, like, didn't get done. Or, like, I, I dropped the ball with a customer. But the pressure was just immense. But the pressure was, oh, my goodness. 
And and I still have pressure. I'm still doing other things. We talked about it in the truck on the way here. I still have other things that I'm doing, some tuition payments that are being made. Um, but it, it's been good to just have that mindset to kind of step back a little bit. Like, mm. I don't know if you noticed, but like my social media hasn't been as hard hitting as it has been like the past you get a lot of weeks. compliments on your social media people compliment and say something to me like nick does an awesome job and i was like yeah he does that shit all by himself i don't know how he does it <laughs> uh 162 over 110 that's how yeah. um you know and and just, just imagine what colin's blood pressure is yeah that dude's busy all the time man yeah I bet you that dude is like, I bet you that dude's like fit though. Like he's, he works so hard, any calories and stuff he takes in or so his body's using it. <laughs> he's yep. probably good. And we're going to have Colin on one of these days. He's doing a, I mean, he's a worker, man. Dude. If we can ever, I was going to say finding time to get Colin on here would be the interesting. We'll probably one. have to tie him down and drag him in here. <laughs> Duct tape the him issue to a is chair. Like, I don't think he even sleeps. So where are you going to catch him at? Duct tape him to a chair. Well, actually catch the only time that I think I see him is when he's getting diesel in his truck. So if we were going to ca- kidnap him, that'd Get him be the Casey's. time to do it. Get him at Casey's when he's getting diesel. Yeah. Uh, and a uh, sidebar note there, but um, uh, <laughs> yeah. So, um, you know, I just kind of thought it would be interesting because, you know, you right now you're in like kind of the catbird seat with like just as small as your organization is. It's kind of basically self-governing in a way. It's not as hard for you to kind of manage the pieces of the puzzle. But as you start to grow, like you're really going to start to notice that. Well, I mean, you need you need the people in the places to make those things happen the way yeah. they need to happen so that you can make the thousand dollar decisions. Or in your case, honestly, if you think about it, in your case, the three hundred thousand dollar decisions. Yeah, You know, I mean, those are the decisions that you need to be making for your company, because if you do want to provide them with those pay and benefits packages and things, that $300,000 decision is very important because that then funnels down to everyone else in the company. So anyway, I was just curious what your thoughts on that podcast. Yeah. And I mean, and really like building the culture, cultural foundation as well, you know, like these guys, it's awesome. Like they believe in my vision that it's going to get them somewhere, you know? And I think that just talking to them about where you want to go with things and them like having an open line of communication, like, okay, where do you want to go with this? Like, where do you see like this going, this and that? I think that's super important too. Well, and I think the, the, the open lines of communication on both ends, Mm -hmm. like for instance, the communication will say, Caden, what do you want to do? Mm -hmm. How do I get you there? Yeah. You know, and and Caden's really and good knowing. at that. Like he tells me, yeah. <laughs> you know. Um, and but there's guys that don't. Yeah, that's one of the things that I really want to do. If I get sheriff, one of the first things I want to do is like sit down with people. You're gonna have evaluations like, of everybody. Like, what are your huh? You're gonna have evaluations with everybody. Well, of of the organization, yeah, not of them. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, because I'd have no business making those decisions on them. Yeah. But anyway, yeah, yeah. Of, as far as like, what do you want to do? Do you want to stay here or? Is this something you're doing because you're managing a side hustle and you'd like to go full time with that? Like, how do I help you get there? Yeah. You know, or like whatever it is, like say, you know, say you worked for me and you were like, hey, you know, like you're one or two years on the job and you're like, I'd like to be a canine handler. Okay. That's one thing that I see our our county really needing is a canine. Cool. But here are the things you need to do to get to that. Like, I need to see more from you because if you, you, you can use the canine as a crutch. So you need to be good at like finding dope and cars and stuff like that without the canine. The canine will then make you even better, better at that. So 
I need to see more from you in these areas. But also on the flip side of the coin, would you like to go to this narcotic specialized training or this yeah. like, you know, they have like street cops training that they train in interdiction and stuff like that. You know, like, I want, do you want to go to that kind of stuff or is it DRE? You know, so no DRE is drug recognition expert. Yeah. That's DUI. Oh, okay. Uh, everybody gets that confused drug recognition expert, meaning like I can look at a drug and go, Oh, that's meth. No, no, no. no. I, like, I just know you can read people and yeah. say, yeah, he's on meth or he's yeah, on yeah. coke or he's you, on. You can do that even without the DRE training with yeah. just experience, which you just, if you do more car stops and I'm not saying write people more tickets, that's not what I'm getting at. But if you do more car stops and you have contact with those people that are high, you'll recognize those symbols, the more rep- signs, more repetitious. Yeah. The more repetitions you yeah. do. I mean, it, it's just like. No shortcut for experience. The more houses we build, the better, right. more efficient we're going to get at them. Well, and that's the thing too is, like if I were to walk into a house and try to do an inspection, I wouldn't know what I'm looking for. Like I wouldn't know what's wrong. Mm-hmm. You would because yeah. you know you have experience, you've had time, you've had experience in that realm. You know what to look for. Yep. So anyway, you know, of of just like getting with those people and just seeing like what it is, what do you want to accomplish? And like, how do we help you obtain those goals? Yep. Even if that's outside of our organization, let's say you want to be a freaking chef and go to France and train like, okay, like what can I do to get your pay to where it needs to be? So you can set more money aside to go attain that goal. Maybe not like I'm going to send you to a culinary training class, like not going to do that obviously, yeah. but like, what can we, what can we do? Like, do you need time off to go? To like a side training that helps you get this internship that you're looking, like whatever it is, right? You know, and as a result of that, um, and as a result of some of those conversations, remember how I told you my stretch goal was with no change to pay or benefits. Then we create a culture that, that we have more applications than we have spots available. I can't tell you how many people in the law enforcement realm have come to me and said, if you get sheriff. Like, I'm putting my application in that day. Mm -hmm. And I'm just like, damn. Like, wow, I haven't even done anything yet. Like, I haven't actually even changed that culture. And it's like a little bit of a a little more pressure, too, because it's like, well, you better put up or shut up, you know? Yeah. And and I'm just like, seeing that that they believe in that and that company culture, it's kind of like that feeling that you have with Caden, where he just, like, buys in and the guy's buying. It's like, whoa, it's humbling. Jansen is another example of him leaving, possibly. I don't know if he's going to or not. But him him believing in the vision so much that he's willing to leave something that he worked for for five years to come over and work construction with us. You know, like that's not him believing in me like that just says a lot to me. Yeah. And it excites me and I hope we can get him. But if we don't, you know, like it's not the end of the day either. Well, and he could still help you on the side too because yeah. I mean – he work, and he does. He's gonna. I'm he gonna be gone Monday hours. and Tuesday, and he's gonna be there Monday and Tuesday filling in for me a little bit. So. That's good. Actually, probably doing more work than I would because most of the time I'm running around with meetings and administrative stuff and that kind of thing. Well, it shouldn't be hard. I mean, with him working banker hours, working for KDWP, you yeah, know, you know those, you know, uh, seven to threes with four hour breaks and you know not having to do any nights or anything yeah. like that. You know, he's got a cakewalk out there. Man. <laughs> I don't know why he'd want to come work construction. All he does is sit in his car all day. <laughs> you know, and, uh, you and I are doing excellent at dropping these pens. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
uh, you know, that and making sure to uh, replace certain pieces of equipment on things when things happen, you know, stuff like that. Yeah. I hope he listens to the podcast and hears that. <laughs> <laughs> I just know what to expect when he comes to work for us. <laughs> it's like, where in the heck did this new tool come from? <laughs> Why does the ten- telehandler have brand new forks on it? <laughs> oh, you messed those up. That's a big fuck up. That's tough to do. I've done it, though, so. Yeah, yeah. Um, but then another thing that I got to thinking about because I was reading a book called, uh, the warrior poet way by John Lovell. And he was talking about how, and an open mind is kind of like an open mouth. At some point it's meant to be shut on things that are like basically truths or non-negotiable. So like, for instance, we could sit here and have the conversation all day about, the COVID vax and whether that was right or wrong, right? We could have that. But if you brought almost, and I say almost, if you brought almost anyone in this podcast studio and we said that it's okay to sell children into sex slavery, almost all of them would say no. You probably would find people in the community that if they were coming in here and being honest, they would say, oh, I'm okay with that, right? I, I think unless they, like, follow Andrew Tate or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> you still hate that guy for all the wrong reasons, man. You need to stop following what media tells you to. But anyway, um, uh, see, there's a thing that we can agree, we can uh, argue on, too. But there are just things in society that are wrong. Like, like we, we don't touch kids, right? You can't have an open mind about sexual acts with children. You just can't like there's that's that's a true an evident truth. It's just off limits. Um, selling children into slavery, selling people into slavery, is an absolution. So we can't have these open minds, quote unquote, about everything. We have to stand for something somewhere, sometime, for some reason. And and it got me thinking about the Constitution and how well it was done by the framers. And everyone wants to say, well, you know, it's it's antiquated. The, the Second Amendment was when, uh, well, for muskets and blah, blah. I'm like, well, actually, do you know that technically they also mentioned in some of the, I think it was the Federalist Papers, that uh, it also extended to warships. So you mean to tell me that I can have an aircraft carrier fully armed with all the guns and ammo and planes and bombs? And so if, you can that's, afford it. if, if that's if that's where we're going and what it's in truly intended for, it covers warships as well. Mm-hmm. And so in the same thing, well, if it's so antiquated, then they had no idea that the Internet was going to be here and cell phones were going to be a thing. So they're not covered by the Constitution now because it's antiquated, right? No. So it's it was worded broadly for a reason, so that it would encompass these things, and it would you know, and that is then interpreted by the Supreme Court. And so, I mean, it, just think of the technology those guys had seen from start to finish, like when they got here. Well, like, yeah, especially in, in their, their lifetime, and warships and stuff. And like in their lifetime, they'd seen a bunch of technological growth, and they knew that there was going to be more to come. Yeah, right. And. um and then it got me thinking as well of like, okay, the Constitution and like that's I'm I'm literally going to be taking an offs an oath of office again, swearing to uphold the Constitution, and that means that if a let's just say a Donald Trump comes to me and says like take people's guns, I swore an oath to the Constitution. Constitution says you can't do that. I'm not doing it. Right. 
And and people say, well, yeah, like, oh, you know, I I would stand up against that and all this other kind of stuff. Like if I, in Nazi Germany, if they were loading Jews onto the train, I'd say stop. And I'm like, really? Did did you not remember what you were doing when when Rona happened? When those of us that didn't get vaccinated, uh, you were telling, saying, put us in camps, the pandemic of the unvaccinated, this is all your fault, your grandma killers and all this other kind of stuff. Had it not been for the Constitution, your ass would have put me on a train and sent me to a mm-hmm. camp. So don't tell me that, oh, I would stand up against that because no, you weren't. You went right along with the government and the pharmaceutical companies that told you that you should be doing this because we were the problem. The same way the Nazis did with the Jews. So I do not tolerate those infringements on the Constitution in any way, shape, or form. And we said it on the podcast before, and I stand by this today. When McPherson had that warrant to arrest that barber because he refused to shut down during COVID because that was the only way he could pay for his wife's chemo treatments, I would go to that judge who ordered his arrest and say, I'm not doing it. And the judge said, either he goes to jail or you go to jail. Make a choice. All right, put me in my own jail. Because at least I'm still getting paid. I'm still getting insurance. I can sit here until you're ready to let me out. Mm-hmm. I mean, at max, I think contempt of court, you can give me a year, I think. So I could sit there for a year. It could happen. If the judge really wanted to stick to their guns. And it likely wouldn't. Um and then at least that guy could go on with through through his business because even though I'm in my jail, I can still give orders as a sheriff, and you will not, shall not arrest that person. Yeah. If you do, your ter- your your employment here will be terminated. And I do because that guy has the freedom to operate his business. Um, you we have far overreaching government reach right now, and I'm not going to be one of them. It's just not going to happen. You know where there's a lot of that overreach right now. Where you got? In the cannabis. cannabis. I knew that was coming. Dude, I've been on one recently with the coalition and all that stuff. It's heard of some heard some rumors like that a bill is gonna pass and that is gonna be a bill that is highly restrictive and only big business and out of state organizations are gonna be able to get into it and make money. Oh, you're saying uh for uh medical? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, like high point farms. Wouldn't have a shot. Yeah, so they make it so restrictive that you have to have like this, like RFID tagging on every plant, plus this yeah. security system, plus this fingerprint authorization, blah blah blah, to where. And you know it, who's it pushing this stuff? A, the guy that was against it to begin with, because he wants his buddies to. No, get it's into. the anti-government Republicans in Kansas that are pushing this stuff. Which ones? Huh? Which ones? It well, it's Ty Masterson, but yeah. you know, typically the, one, the Republicans that- are technically like. Anti big government for the most part. I mean, would you agree? Like, that's what they speak. Yeah. And that is complete opposite the way it is in Kansas right now. Unfortunately, well, there's money changing hands. That's why. Th- that's my, 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 and, and, and I don't necessarily, it's not a Republican Democrat thing. It's, yeah. it's a polit, corrupt polit, political system thing is what it is right now. And I'd be curious to see where his investments are in those companies. Yeah. That's what I'd like to see. Yeah. Well, there's 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 some deep money ties in Wichita and other places, other big cities in the state that they're all, I mean, they're they're all working together. You know, they know each other. They're competitors, quote unquote, but they know each other and they yeah, they're they're going to control exactly. the industry together. Yeah. And the 
small businesses are going to get screwed over. Well, I, that was one thing you were worried about to begin with in the federal decriminalization. Even before, like, I joined the coalition and stuff, I talked about these groups all working together, and here it is. <laughs> yeah. Unfortunately. Um, but, you know, I don't think it's – I don't think all is lost. You know, the coalition is going to push really hard. The The thing is, is we need people to stand up and, like – let their voices be heard. We need people to write their politicians and say, Hey, we, we want medical cannabis for this and this and this. And don't, don't say like, this is our right to get this. So we can get high. Uh, you know, like you need to like have science backing your argument, you know, like this is going to help me with my, um, ailment because of this, you know, like, or like it's going to help my, I don't know. It, it can't just be random arguments. You, you need to have some science backing and some some actual facts in your statements and have real, well written out like letters, emails, and like talk to your politicians because there's some of them, like Ty Masterson, he's the one. He says, my, my constituents do not want medical cannabis. But what did you find out? He said that. And the coalition here, was it three weeks ago now, we went down there um, and we were in the parade, drove my grandpa's nice little blue truck, and there was people, that we we had standing ovations, like as we were on this mile-long parade in his district in Andover, and people were cheering for us and clapping, and there was little to no negative feedback. Well, and you, you also even had face-to-face where you were handing out some informational documentation of some of his neighbors and yes stuff too. one of his neighbors came to our booth and she's like i had no idea there was another older lady she's like i just vote republican every year i didn't even know ty masterson was my representative it's like that's actually probably more common than you know I, no i i know that's like it's just you're voting red like you're not educating yourself you're doing a disservice to your community you know if you're just voting based on color if you're not voting based on your research and it's it's unfortunate, man. It's like this two party system is just yeah. Well, like me, for instance, if I lived here, I'd vote for Jason Probst. Yeah, I'm a Republican, but I'd vote for Jason. He's a Democrat. I mean, I can't vote for him in a primary, but I can vote for him in a general election. Yeah, I would vote for Jason in a general election. Yep, me too. Um, you know, the, and and just the letter next to his name, I don't really care. Yeah, I mean, I I care more about like what he is as a man and what he brings to the table. And what's interesting to that is. So as a law enforcement officer, we're demanded by the community to not have have unbiased policing or fair mm-hmm. and impartial policing. I can't make a judgment on whether you're a criminal or not based on your skin color. I can't make a judgment based on you because of your sexual orientation or where you're from or what religion you are or whatever, right? I have to judge or I'm expected by the community to judge each person in that interaction on the merits of what they've done, mm-hmm. not who they are, not what color they are, anything like that. Yet the community that's asking me to do that won't do the same thing with their politics. No, nope. They're voting based on color. So they're racist against either blue or red Yep. in this instance to, to illustrate this picture. They aren't doing the research and judging based on what that person brings to the table in that instant, what they have voted for, what they have done. 
we put ourselves in this situation by just like voting the way we've been voting. You know, we say we want term limits. Well, we need to be the one to set the term limits at the ballot boxes. Agreed. You know, we don't just vote based on. Uh, it's so frustrating. <laughs> yeah. Term, term limits would be a great step in the right direction. Small business in the cannabis industry has an uphill battle. Like, if we do not, like, continue to fight, I see stuff like High Point Farms almost becoming impossible. Like, even the CBD industry starts going backwards. Yeah. Because those big businesses are going to push and be like, oh, these guys are getting our market share. Because that's what they're – when you get to that level, that's what it is. It's market share. Market share, yep. You know, these guys have 7% of the market share. How can we get rid of them? Well, they're not going to market against us. They're going to regulate us out because they've got more money. Right. And that's what I see happening, even at a federal level now. There's stuff on the farm bill, and it's got to do with them not legalizing it, but Delta 8 and Delta 9 is getting regulated at a federal level. It's going to go away uh, because they're going to start um, making you have a test on your final product that you have on the shelf, each individual final product. Holy shit. Which, like, that costs us $150 a product. You know, we got 20 products. That's a lot of money. And every time you get a new product, you've got to have that. And, like, that's a, that's a, that's in the 20s, 2022, 2023 farm bill. I think it's every five years, 2023. That's in the farm bill. It was the 2018 farm bill last time. So it'd be 2023. Yeah. So that's going to push us backwards by a large margin. Yes. So we're going to have to raise our prices when that happens. Yeah. You know, so all, all, so again, I've said, how many times have you had it where governments intervened in your life and made things better? Yeah. Just saying. Like all they did was just fuck the customer again in a time where inflation, they say is at eight or 9%. It's actually closer to like 50%. If you go and look at your Costco groceries a year or two ago compared to what it is now. It's yeah. like 50, 60% more than it was. You know, it's almost as affordable to go to Smith's Market and get your your groceries as and it is to go to Dillon's. Probably eating cleaner anyway. A lot cleaner. And you're supporting people from Kansas, local areas, you know? Yeah. It's just, Andy says it, and he says it best. Honestly, like, people need to realize that there's 8 billion of us, and there's only like a 1,000 of them. Yep. Agreed. And we have. And we have to get together and tell we them have to, fuck to off. fight back. Yeah. You know, even a lot of our politicians, 90% of our politicians aren't in that top 1%. You know, mm-hmm. I would say a majority of them aren't. They're just controlled by the top 1% because of the way our system is set up currently. Yeah. And because those people will not say no to money when they get to that point. You know, they get to DC and it's just who's the biggest bidder. That's who's going to get me reelected. That's going to who keeps lining my pocket. Yeah. And we are not. We don't have a backbone enough to say no. Well, and it's like what Vivek said on Andy's podcast about how, you know, it's all about like donors. Mm-hmm. Who's who's donating to my campaign and stuff like Follow that. Follow the money trail. Right. Speaking of money trails. So I have a question. If. High Point Farms, and this is a, for those listening, this is a hypothetical. This has never happened and likely never will happen. But if High Point Farms put out a product that killed 60,000 people, what would happen? I mean, we'd be close probably at the first one. Yeah. So, yet, 
you have pharmaceutical companies that one of them released a drug that killed 60,000 people, which they profited $12 billion off of and then were fined $5 billion. That's what insurance is for. And, and so basically what you've made is a system where it's okay to kill people because it's profitable, mm-hmm. because they're not held accountable in any way. So, you know, and, and <clears throat> just to put it in other terms of like, let's take it out of the cannabis spectrum because like that's medicine. Yeah. Let's put it into a McDonald's spectrum. If McDonald's killed 60,000 people with their food, what would likely happen? They would shut down. They'd probably be shut down, sued, all that other good stuff. But there's protections in place for pharmaceutical companies where it pays to kill people. Yeah. Well, and so you why know, do you think they don't give a fuck about you? I don't necessarily like the McDonald's argument because I think McDonald's has killed a lot of people with the how bad their food is for you. You know, and I'm talking about you, you, you. It's poison to poison. the point that yeah. That the person eats one and they de- they're dead. That's yeah. kind of what I was, I was about to, to go there. Down, Sorry, down a whole other rabbit hole <laughs> My bad. My bad. with it. Just um, the accountability isn't there. So to go back to the Rona thing, did you see Candace Owens talking about the coronavirus uh, vaccine shedding? Candace Owens, that's the speaker. She, no, Candace Owens. She's um, a black female Republican. That she goes on like speaking to her. She did the um Oh yeah. She says it was the um there's a transgender or something lady that says like you're hurting my feelings by being here and she's like, That's fine, put a helmet on, it's tough. It's yeah. real life. <laughs> yeah, I'm too pregnant. Okay. I'm too pregnant for this, go away. Yeah. Well, so on the coronavirus like documentation, the whole big long like list of crap that they put on it. Um, she was reading off of one of them about what they called vaccine shedding, meaning even if you didn't get the vaccine, you can get parts of the vaccine from a vaccinated person that is now being basically transmitted through the air, that they are shedding parts of that vaccine that are now coming to you, and then now you're getting essentially vaccinated through the air. So that's another thing is like when we talked about technology, like that's the technology that's out there that these people can then not only – because here's the deal. Like let's say – let's just say for the sake of this conversation and where we sit right now. Let's say the vaccine, that the COVID vaccine is 100% safe, 100% effective, and there were people in Africa that couldn't afford it. So we do this vaccine shedding in a way to help get those people that couldn't get it. Okay? Let's just – for the sake of that argument. Okay? Um, Edward Snowden said it the best when it came to like the Patriot Act and their ability to surveil us. And he says, okay, you, you're happy with everyone that's there now, right? You, you trust them. So you trust them to surveil you that way because you know they won't use it in a bad way. But eventually there's a new president. What happens when there is someone you don't trust? Mm-hmm. So now you have this technology where they're shedding this vaccine and essentially vaccinating people that don't want to be vaccinated. And it's in the documentation in the box like that comes with that. It's like a part of it. Yeah. So this it's not this isn't conspiracy theory. And so you're now having people that don't want to be vaccinated. They're getting vaccinated. Okay. Let's say it's safe and effective and perfectly, which we know it's not. But what about in the future where that technology develops to a point where now you have the people that are wanting to do the one world government stuff or the people that are wanting ultimate power. They're now potentially getting these things into your system where you can now be controlled. Yep. Like you're now a robot. And you're now being controlled in a way. Say that Donald Trump is everything that is preached about, like he's the next Hitler. Yeah. You know, and he takes advantage of said system. Yeah, exactly. 
and I'm I'm going to use that to control people. So, you know, the, it's it's more than just a vaccinated versus unvaccinated. Like the whole idea here and that our country was founded on was the freedom, the freedom of choice. You know, the choice to get vaccinated or not. The choice to if I don't get vaccinated but I'm scared of what's outside, stay home or don't. Mm-hmm. Wear a mask or don't. Like open a business or don't. You know, go to work or don't. You know, like you have tremendous freedoms if the country is run the way it's supposed to be. Right now, I don't think we are truly free. But it, it's a danger, an incredibly dangerous, slippery slope. Like right now, you're thinking, okay, you know, I'm for the vaccine. Okay, great. But this technology, how's it going to affect your grandchildren or your great-grandchildren? What is going to be used against them because you were basically the guinea pig? Mm-hmm. Like the, and, and the thing is, the system is to where... There's nothing you can do about that. They've protected the pharmaceutical companies with so much anti, like, you can't sue them stuff. That doesn't matter. They didn't protect them. The pharmaceuticals have protected themselves. But the, the legislature allowed that yeah. is what I'm getting at. Mm-hmm. And and so they're profiting hundreds of billions of dollars, and then these people die, and they're fined $5 billion, which don't get me wrong. $5 billion is a lot of money to me, but to them it's parking meter change. So at what point is enough enough? Mm-hmm. So that was my whole tangent that's been bouncing around my mind this week. Andy's got me nervous. <laughs> There's another pandemic coming. Driving his tanks around. <laughs> yeah. Well, there's another pandemic coming. They're already talking about how uh these things are going to pop up and this is going to happen in the next 8 to 12 8 to 10 months. Well, what happens in the next 8 to 10 months? The election. Every single time they say shit like this, it happens. They t- they're telling you it's going to happen before it happens. They they they, they do it. That's a uh, uh, it's a religious deal. Yeah, they're they're sat- satanic occult stuff where you have to basically tell tell people. It's the same thing of like with with cigarettes. They didn't have a thing on the package that said if you smoke this, you'll get cancer. Mm-hmm. Well, now they have a thing on the package that says if you smoke this, you get cancer. So now it's no longer our fault. Yeah. So basically, we told you and you did nothing about it, yep. which which we won't. We'll be sheep again. Yep. People got to stand up in a lot of different ways. If I, could take, if I could take this mic out of the holder right now, I'd mic drop it. I. You got to get off of Netflix. You got to get out of your video games. And you got to get in the real world. And you got to do something. Start eating clean, drinking some water, working out. Mm-hmm. There's a study out there where they gave mice, like, a typical American trash diet, and then they gave another set of mice like a high new high nutritional value diet, and then they exposed them to sun. The ones with the American diet got skin cancer. The ones with the very highly nutritious clean diet, they were building didn't, spaceships. Didn't get <laughs> didn't get any st- any cancer at all. Like skin cancer is actually a relatively new thing. Like within the last sixty years mm-hmm. of of humankind, and so your food has a lot to do with your brain your gut health has a lot to do with your brain like i feel so much better since i've been making good food choices it's expensive i have to admit that it's expensive my bread's now five dollars a loaf instead of 89 cents because you know the 89 cent on sale bread yep but i feel better for it i won't say i look better because i'm still pretty fucking ugly but you know what i'm saying (laughs) so you know wrap it up my friend wrap it up all right Well, we appreciate you guys listening to our ramblings, and uh, you're going to hear it here, but 
I'm going to keep pushing. I'm going to keep trying to be the difference I want to see in the world. I ask you guys to do the same thing. Keep driving and keep reaching those goals. And let's just let's make a difference together, guys. All right. We'll catch up with you guys next time. See you guys. All right. See you.